I think it's very ironic and also probably not a mistake yeah. that I haven't ended up in the church that I would probably pick for myself. Right. It's very interesting. And I just think whether you have a wife that's on staff that kind of dictates where you go or not, hmm. attending church is not necessarily all about finding whatever is the most comfortable. There probably has to be a little bit of room that we have to leave open for being part of a church body that challenges us. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of Real Talk with Anson, Kara, and Isaac, the show where we get real about everything from the ridiculous to the inspiring. It's kind of hard to believe that we are on Episode 11 of our second season, oh guys. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. We've done a lot of episodes. Time flies. Become an old podcast pros, basically. <laughs> well, <laughs> Where's our mattress sponsorship at? I've been waiting for that to kick in. That's I don't true. Know. I feel like by this point in most successful podcasts, they're like rolling in sponsorships. We should at least be getting some me undies out of this or something <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they sponsor everybody. These are deep cut podcast jokes. I don't know if it's going to land. Surely the meat undies. I mean, they're on everything. They're Talk not on them. me. That's why I'm wanting them. <laughs> I actually have a pair, Isaac. They're very what? comfy. Oh We've gosh. spent enough time talking about our anyway. underwear. Okay, let's move on. The conversation on this week's episode is going to church. We're talking about, is it important to attend church regularly as yes. Christians? Did you just answer the question? No. Did you say <laughs> Was that just a yes, yes. that's what we're talking that's about? Yes, I think you just you just ended the podcast episode. Done. Hit our outro. We're at one thirty seven in. Really low effort at this point. And we're done. A new record. <laughs> Is it important to... Yes. Thank you, Isaac. Anyway. Well, since we already answered that question, luckily we also have a couple of more questions that we want to talk about, like when is the right time to stay at the church you're at, and also when is the wrong time to stay at the church you're at, talking mm-hmm. about are there times where it's appropriate to say, you know what, I really need to find a new church home, mm-hmm. and on the flip side, are there times where we say, you know what, this church might not be the perfect church for me, mm-hmm. but maybe that could even be a good thing, or maybe there's some reasons to stay at a church that's... Not the perfect church for me. So we're going to tackle all of those topics and more in this episode of Real Talk. But first, the shameless plug. And no, it is not for me undies. (laughs) It is for the beta tester group on Facebook. This is a fun group that we have, I don't know, 50, 60 people in at the moment, including myself and Isaac and Mm -hmm. Kara. It's a group that we kind of hang out in. We host discussion topics on all things Real FM. It's a place where you can post questions that you have for Real FM DJs. If you've heard a song where you're like, hey, why aren't you guys playing this? You can (laughs) let us know about it there. You can suggest things for podcast topics. It's really just a place for us to kind of get to hang out with you. Yeah, it's actually where one of our podcast topics that we sort of workshopped happen, our swearing episode. That's true. Yeah, we worked through that a little bit on our Facebook group. So people who are in there and kind of a preview of it. That's right. So if you have a great idea for a future podcast episode, go to Real FM's Facebook page, click on groups on that page and request to join. We'll get you in there. And not only can you take music surveys, let us know what you think of the music on Real FM Radio. Mm-hmm. You can also discuss future podcast ideas as well. That's all at the Real FM Beta Tester Facebook group. Let's talk about what we're into this week. I'm batting lead off today, and I am into the Nintendo Switch. Yes. Now, we've talked about video games on the podcast before, so everyone knows I'm kind of a video games fanatic. Right. But I have renewed my fanaticism a little bit lately with the purchase of a new piece of hardware, a Nintendo Switch. This is the latest console released by Nintendo, and I've always been a little bit of a Nintendo fanboy Mm -hmm. because I grew up with Nintendo. Yeah. They were the console maker of my childhood. I played the NES and the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube pretty much all the way through. They had the Nintendo Wii. Yeah. And then the Nintendo Wii U was the one that came after the Wii and everyone felt like it was kind of (laughs) terrible. And so that was the one console that I kind of skipped. I was like, man, maybe Nintendo's done. People are like, they should probably just start making mobile games for like iPhone and Android because they're not doing very well on the console front anymore. And then they took one more crazy swing for the fences with the Nintendo Switch and it's worse. 
worked yeah. because it's gone crazy and everybody loves it. So here's what I love about it so far. I have two games so far because they're like 60 bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah, it's insanely expensive. It's a high so price I point. can't afford to buy very many games. So I have two so far. I have Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. Which is awesome. I'm going to have yeah. to invite you guys over. and We can have a Mario Kart party Please. at some point. Yes. Because my girls, Avi and Arwen, they love playing it with me as oh, well. Fun. One of the fun things about the new version of Mario Kart is they have some kind of assist modes for people who aren't very good at it or what? are pretty young players. So they have modes that allow you to turn on this like steering assist so it kind of helps you drive the car hey. a little bit. You can still drive it mostly but if you're about to go flying off the edge it kind of <laughs> says no maybe drive hey. this way buddy like the road's over there. Hey. So it kind of helps you out a little bit so you don't get so frustrated because you're just falling off the edge all it's the like time. like the video game version of bumper bowling. Exactly. <laughs> Where That's was this basically what it is. During all of my rainbow road <laughs> right? tragedies. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. In the past you had to learn like trial by fire. Oh my yeah. god. Trial by rainbow kind of a thing. <laughs> But my girls really enjoy that because they can kind of play the game with me and still have fun. That's so cool. And so that's a really fun game because I get to play it with my family. It's awesome. Social gaming experiences, as we talked about a few episodes ago, really love those. And then there's the non-social gaming experience that I have. The other game I have is the new Zelda game, which is called Breath of the Wild. And you are Link and you're in this massive, huge world and you go adventuring around. I played for like two hours last night. And didn't do anything except for just <laughs> wander around aimlessly, seeing what I could find. Uh, and this this world, like, if you just walked around the whole entire world, it would probably take you hours to wow. get. It's massive. Yeah. Crazy. And there's all sorts of crazy things you can find. And then, of course, there's a really cool story at the same time. Mm. So I will see you guys next year because <laughs> this is pretty much occupying all of my, the my dark thought and energy. Yes. Under your eyes yeah. are so <laughs> exactly. I, so I have a dumb question as yeah. a non-gamer. What exactly is the switch like you said it's a console mm. but like in my head i have it pictured as like this handheld thing that yeah you, it, I, it actually kind of is so okay. the idea behind the switch is that it's both a handheld gaming system yes. and a tv gaming system at the Ooh. same time so it has like a little tablet thing that okay. looks like a just a, a small like ipad mini or something okay yep. but then there's these little controllers that you slide onto the sides of it Ooh. to use to play so it's you're not just playing with like a touch screen you actually have little joysticks and stuff okay but then you can take the whole entire thing and you can just set it in a dock that's connected to your television uh-huh. and it just beams whatever you're playing right, right. up on the TV oh, okay. and you can take the controllers and play up there as well. well that's cool. And it's seamless. You can just take it off or put it on and switch oh, literally between okay. the handheld mode and the, the TV mode whenever you want. Okay, yep. that's so, pretty cool. Which is awesome because then when I'm at home and I'm playing Zelda and my yes. wife's like, Anson, get off Zelda. It's <laughs> time to go to this little girl's birthday party in Pea Ridge an hour away. <laughs> and I go, oh, but I want to keep playing. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, I How about can. you drive us to Pea Ridge <laughs> and I'm going to keep playing Zelda. So Dre has just become like your gamer Uber driver. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> She's my chauffeur so I can keep Poor on Dre. killing moblins in Zelda. Moblins. That is my life now. <laughs> well, what I am into this week is a little less techie. My boyfriend actually surprised me and was like, hey, we're going to go blueberry picking one night last week, which was awesome. Bonus points. And so we got a couple of containers of these and I came home and I was like, like, I never used to like blueberries. And then wait, what? Not never. But like, didn't like blueberries. I didn't love them because they kind of like if you get them at the store, they have a little bit of a tangy, like sour taste to them, which you love. I know. Uh, But I was not into that kind of fruit. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, fresh blueberries, (laughs) fresh blueberries are so sweet. They're just Mm, wonderful. Yeah. And I've learned to like the regular ones that come in the store. too. All right. Well, I guess we'll don't have to defend yourself. It's okay. I'll still be your friend. Yes, she does. Not liking blueberries? Uh, well, you don't like watermelon, so we're not going to talk about <laughs> all right, this. Fine. So this week I have been into fresh blueberries and all the wonderful things I can make with them. Nice. So Saturday morning, it was glorious. I got up and I was like, I am making myself some blueberry muffins, homemade blueberry muffins. Those are like one of my favorite muffins. I always ate them all the time as a mm. kid, just from the box. Mm. And I was like, why do I not make these all the time? And so when you have fresh blueberries, it's like a rule. Like you got to make fresh blueberry muffins. And it was a new recipe with Greek yogurt. So they were super moist and yummy. So made those. And then I found a like recipe for like a, a smaller batch blueberry crisp. 
I made those last night. So good. You're making me so hungry. <laughs> the fact that none of these have made it to the station already. Because <laughs> Kara ate how, them all, probably. Because uh, yep, they were that delicious, right? Yeah. Yep, that's how that goes. So fresh blueberries. I highly recommend them. You can probably still get out and pick some. Where did maybe. you go? My boyfriend knows somebody on a farm, uh, okay. like not far away. She's not going to divulge her blueberry <laughs> spot <laughs> to my private blueberry <laughs> supplier. Private blueberry patch. That's yeah, awesome. It was pretty awesome. I learned something, too while we were picking them because we're like okay is blueberry season almost over and he was like no there's going to be another batch there are different batches of blueberries different kinds that bloom all throughout the summer uh-huh. so you can get some now and then you can go pick them in july somewhere else and get like a different variety okay you can still have blueberries well give us a heads up when yeah. the yeah, uh, next sure. batch is ready right because then isaac and i are both going to show up at your house we're going to pick blueberries <laughs> no, together no isaac <laughs> We're going to just Come go sit on Kara's couch and wait for her wait. to make stuff. Get our, get our kerchiefs on and go out and that pick works. some blueberries. <laughs> what I'm into this week is bringing it back to techie nerddom. This is going to be way niche, but here we go. So there's a device called a Raspberry Pi, and it's like mm-hmm. a $35 computer. You can get it off of Amazon. Not a fruit, by the no, way. No, this is, man, this is the best transition for yeah, this. Yeah. You're picking fresh raspberry pies, Isaac? <laughs> Tell us more. Oh, yes. My secret <laughs> raspberry Pi, fields. P-I, not P-I, P-I-E. Right. So this is a $35 computer that you can buy off of Amazon. And there is this entire hobbyist culture around people doing bizarre things with this computer. People do like fighting robots with it. It's basically a blank slate that you can turn into anything. It's oh. a really powerful machine for $35. I bought one and I have turned it into a retro arcade machine. <laughs> So basically, you can download some files off the internet, turn it into basically a Game Boy Color or a Game Boy Advance. I started this process last night. I am operating on about three hours of sleep right now. (laughs) Once I found out that I could actually do it, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) because I spent the entire night finding all of these Game Boy Advance games that I played growing up and just putting them on this machine. And every time one works successfully, I made Brie go deaf because I would just yell from the office. (laughs) It works. (laughs) It's working. It's working. She'd come in there and find like this horrible 8-bit game and go, that's nice, babe. That's cool. Yeah, She's so supportive of it, which was nice. But That's funny. Yeah, Um, it's really cool. There's all these like customization options that you can do now where like people have designed these really cool cases. There's even plans that you can get to where you can physically build a custom Game Boy Color wow. off of this machine. And I'm looking into doing that. I don't know how close. <laughs> what are you using for like a screen? I'm actually running an HDMI port to the device right now. So okay. it's on my TV. Okay, oh. gotcha. But you can buy screens for this that's thing. That's coming. <laughs> that's on its way. Like that's, that's the next step. As my budget will allow, I right. will be slowly just <laughs> going down this horrible nerdy rabbit hole. So You guys are so funny. <laughs> I just love that we were able to talk about both blueberries and raspberries. Oh. Yes. And what we're into this week. And yet they were completely, completely different, different. From one completely separate. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Now it is time for Swagger Scale, where we own our awkwardness. And I have uh, an awkward adventure that uh, I've been on lately. (laughs) So uh, a couple weeks ago, there was uh, a pretty good thunderstorm that came through early in the morning and a lot of straight line winds. Uh And it just so happened to knock down a giant tree branch in my backyard. Mm. Oh, no. Not an entire tree. But when I say branch, I feel like that undersells it just a little bit. Because at the base of it, I don't know, it's probably three feet around. In diameter. So, I mean, it's a pretty good sized thing. Limb, maybe, would be a better better word. word, I wasn't going to move the thing, right? Like, it's way too heavy for that. In fact, there was part of it, like a branch that came off of it, that literally, like, stuck down into the ground. And it was, like, two feet into the ground. Just, like, stabbed the earth (laughs) (laughs) when it got brought down. So violent. (laughs) And so I had a bunch of family coming in for, uh, like, a family reunion the weekend immediately after this happened. And we were planning on hanging out outside, and now I've got this giant tree limb just sitting in the middle of the yard. Oh, no. And I'm like, I've got to take care of this. You can't sell that like it's always been there. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't see anything. My yard looks fine. What tree limb? And so I'm trying to figure out, okay, what do I do to get rid of this? And I'm looking at the base of this thing, and I'm like, I can't just, I have like a handsaw. There's no way I'm going to just saw through this thing. No. I mean, I would be out there for like 
two weeks yeah. trying to do this. And so I was like, all right, I need to borrow a chainsaw. Oh. So a good friend helped me out and said, here, you can borrow this chainsaw and use it. Now, there's one complication in the situation. That is, I have never in my life used a chainsaw. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, you know what? I have the lumberjack like plaid shirts. Sure. I've watched a couple episodes of American Lager. <laughs> I can handle this, right? Uh. I can go all lumberjack like... Oh. I didn't actually put on my flannel shirt because it's like 90 some degrees outside. Missed opportunity. Yeah, and it's extremely hot and I knew I was going to die yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's why. So I get like my safety glasses, my headphones or whatever <laughs> and like start up this chainsaw, which that alone took a little while to figure out how to do that. You know, get the gas and oil mixture and the chain and bar oil that has to go on it. I'm like uh -huh. learning all about chainsaws. Oh, wow. Get it all started up and off I go chainsaw on this thing and let me just say, like, people who have a lot of experience doing this, if they were there watching me fight this stupid tree limb uh -huh. and fight the chainsaw, they probably would have been laughing their heads off at me. Oh, man. Because I had this image in my mind of, like, the curled biceps, like, <laughs> holding this chainsaw. How like, you think you look yeah, versus how you exactly, look. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Like, kind of <laughs> swiping my hair back, you know, and, like, just burr, like, you know, Dree sitting on our back porch, like, sipping a lemonade, just watching her. Yeah. Yeah. glorious husband out there just you know doing work on a tree limb uh. no that's not how it went at all I'm like trying to cut the thing and the chainsaw keeps dying like I don't know if like there wasn't enough oil on the like chain or if it's just old or I don't know oh, but man. like it kept getting stuck and then dying and I have to restart it and do it again and I mm. in very short order turn into an, a horribly sweaty mess Oh man! and I'm just like dripping sweat like my shirt is soaked and I'm like trying I don't know <laughs> It took me one night to get about half of it done, and then I had to do the rest of it the next night. Uh, and it was not an enjoyable experience no. at all. I kind of thought, like, oh, it'll be kind of fun to use a chainsaw, and I'll just, like, go to town on this tree yeah, limb and just yeah. chop it all up and, like, go crazy, and then I'll be done. <laughs> that is not how it worked at all, so... <laughs> Have either of you guys used a chainsaw? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have used a chainsaw before. I, is Am I just bad or, like... No, there's a definite art to it, and then there's also, if you had a bad chainsaw, it's one of those things, like... It can either be a really good day if you have a nice chainsaw, uh -huh. or it can be a really bad day. I'm not uh -huh. talking trash about this person's chainsaw that you borrowed, uh -huh. but it sounds like you had one that was a little old. It yeah. Had, had a few miles Maybe on it. Maybe it wasn't super sharp or something. And I have used a good chainsaw before, and it is a very fun therapeutic experience. <laughs> okay. We'll have to get you set up with a good chainsaw. There you stuff. go. I'll try it again. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it another yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> So it is my turn for crushing it this week, celebrating our successes, big or small. This is kind of an interesting thing to celebrate, but I'm going to go for it. I am celebrating this week that there are times when you have to admit that a strength can actually be a weakness. <laughs> and I was able to admit that this week about something. And to give you some context, I... I'm a person who loves slash is addicted to research and books and figuring out all the things. Mm. If you were to see my Kindle app on my phone and just scroll through all the books that I have, you would see like, I, I have a problem. <laughs> I spend, <laughs> I mean, anytime something feels the least bit unsettled in my life, my first instinct is to run to, you know, Amazon or mm. to a blog or to some sort of source. Somebody tell me how to figure this right. out. Right. What do, what do the, all the really smart people think yes. about this? Like I'm thing. going to figure this out. And the problem is usually it's not about things like how do I make this recipe or how do I do this? <laughs> it's usually about deep internal like life altering <laughs> philosophies and all kinds of things that you just can't figure out in one sitting. Mm. Right. And yet it's funny. There's this direct proportion to the more stressed out I get the more I try to do that and the less effective it is. Mm. So I just end up spinning my wheels in a ditch. Yeah. And so I had a really good conversation this week with a friend. They were actually kind of talking to me about this and I was like, I'm so tired and I'm so overwhelmed. And, and they were like, well, do you think maybe you should maybe cut back a little bit on some of the input you're taking in? Do you think maybe there's a little too much coming at you right now? And I kind of like freaked out at first. and I was like, no, because that's my strength and that's what I do. And it's how I figure out everything in life. And then like, you know, a few hours later, I was sitting and thinking about it. And I was like, of course, I'm taking in too much. Of course. Right. And the very opposite thing of what I want to do 
back off is actually what I need to do mm. to make some space to choose to say, OK, I'm only going to focus on this one area for this period of time. Mm. I want to focus on all the things and try to fix all the things, but I'm going to narrow my focus, create some white space, because that's actually how progress gets made, not by this frenetic grasping for the next insider information yeah. all the time, which is what I tend to move towards being able to actually recognize in that moment, wait, this is a thing that I do. Yes, it's a strength, but also it can be a weakness yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I felt like it was pretty big being yeah. able to like stop myself in the middle of that and step back from it. Especially when you find yourself in a situation where you are kind of stressed and anxious. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the hardest time right. to yeah. fight your natural inclination. It is. Because normally when you get stressed and anxious and overwhelmed, that's yeah. when you just go to what you know. Yes. Right. And so that's when you would probably be most likely to just do all of your research and like <laughs> grab onto as much input as possible. Exactly. And so for in the middle of that, and especially thanks to a good friend that can yeah. help see that when you're in the middle of it, I think to be in the middle of that and be able to have the strength at that moment to say, <laughs> I'm going to back away from this a little bit and mm. move away from my natural inclination to something that feels a little bit less mm. comfortable and natural, but also I, I recognize that it may be helpful. I think that's really good progress. Time for our delightfully off-brand role-playing game. Would you rather, where you choose two paths in life, <laughs> the good one or not so good one? Or maybe <laughs> if there's a debate, they're both good or maybe they're both terrible. Usually they're both terrible, but okay. yes. Let's, this you this have my one, interest peaked. I yes. have picked this one this week, and I'm not going to lie. The first thing I thought was, oh, how adorable. <laughs> okay. Let's okay, jump into this Adorable, would you rather? <laughs> Anson and Kara, this is our question today. Would you rather... Have a hamster-sized elephant, <laughs> or would you rather have an elephant-sized hamster? Oh my yes. Okay, that's amazing. A what large is hamster? What is your what is your choice and why? It's a large Ex hamster. Expound. So a giant hamster or a tiny elephant <laughs> as a pet? Yeah. I wow. Well, okay. I mean, I, I assume as a pet, you could have yeah. it as your minion or whatever. <laughs> We always add on to these questions. Like you're about do. to say is your meal. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. Don't go there. Hamster we're not, meat. We're not. Like, I've been craving some hamster lately. No, it's been a no. while. We're not going there. Come oh, on, dear. <laughs> uh, hmm. I love tiny things, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with. I knew that would be your choice. Why is that such a thing? Like, I I, I, it is true. Like, we think little things are so cute. It's pre-programmed. I I but mean, I don't really understand that phenomenon. I don't. It, I, is it because it, they're helpless? Maybe. And like, we want to help think, them. Does it remind us of little babies? Like, the mm. little helpless little babies are so yeah. adorable. So anything else that's little, the it's little like helpless elephant. Look at the little baby elephant. <laughs> that's our hubris. We like that's being so bigger than things. Yeah. Have maybe. you seen <laughs> the YouTube videos of like baby elephants? No. Yeah. Like just uh, tripping and falling yes. over and being generally awkward. Baby elephants. Since all by themselves are adorable. Yeah. So like a teeny tiny baby <laughs> oh, elephant. Oh, that'd be like a micro elephant. <gasps> you could just put it in your pocket and carry it with you. <laughs> put it on your desk. Carol would pocket die. <laughs> if she would. came into this room and there was a tiny <laughs> elephant on her desk, I think she'd just fall <laughs> over bed. It okay, makes see, me think of the elephant from uh, Despicable Me when they actually used the shrinking oh, thing and they yeah. turned it into a tiny elephant and it was so cute. <laughs> You were See, ready for this question. I, I think I would also pick the tiny elephant, but for completely different reasons okay. than what Kara said. <laughs> so if Kara's reason is that it's so cute, yes. for me, I'm just thinking like if I'm going to get a pet, I want it to be the least amount of work mm. as possible. <laughs> yeah. My kids are always asking, can we get another dog or can we get a cat? And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to add more pets because then I have to feed them and yeah. take care of yeah. them and all the stuff that comes along with a pet. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just thinking like least amount of work for a pet. <laughs> yeah. A tiny elephant, the amount of food it would consume. Right. Yeah. Like the mess it would be capable of causing, I feel like, would yeah. be significantly less yeah. than a ginormous hamster. <laughs> we have to consider, like, elephants are probably as tall as they are wide, right? Yeah. yeah. Hamsters are not. That's no. true. So if you have yeah. an elephant-sized hamster, that's a lot of, like, surface area. <laughs> a lot of girth. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> it's a girthy boy. <laughs> it's a big boy. <laughs> could, like, crush your car. <laughs> well, and then hamsters chew on stuff, right? Like, yes. that's all they do yeah. is, like, chew stuff to pieces. They're a mess. Yeah. Right? Oh. So you put them in, like, a little cage, and you give them, like, a roll of toilet paper or something right. yeah. and they just annihilate it right Ooh. but imagine what an elephant sized hamster I mean it would just take your car and just like 
annihilate the, the side of your house. Yeah, just be just chewing gone. on this, your shingles and stuff like out in the backyard. This feels like some sort of weird horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, like I think Mega would, Hamster. Yeah. Like Mega Hamster would be kind of cute from like a distance, but then right. if you yeah. actually had to take care of the thing. Uh-uh. It's, a, it's a Clifford situation. Exactly. <laughs> uh, logistically, this doesn't that check is, out. That is a really good point. Yeah. yeah. And that show, in my opinion, <laughs> because I've watched many episodes of Clifford oh, with my kids, <laughs> that show did not accurately represent the challenges that raising a house-sized dog would entail. Yeah, you have okay. to admit, though, a show that just relies on the, look how big this dog is. Like, <laughs> they've gotten a lot of mileage out of that. Imagine that, That's but true. a hamster. Yeah, like, no. And not mean, nearly as fun. The hamster would just be destructive in my opinion. <laughs> so I guess we've arrived at... I think you'd have to go with the tiny elephant. Hamster-sized yeah. elephant. Yeah. It would be cute. Uh, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> You suppose. It's Does it have a, here's my one question, though. Can I ask yeah, one more no, question? Yeah, go for it. Does it have any use other um, than just being cute? Being adorable. Okay. I think as like a therapeutic animal. Yes. Like it could be a, a cool. great therapy animal. Because elephants, like they have a big emotional therapy spectrum. elephant. Like they can. <laughs> this is Jorge, my therapy elephant. I, w- <laughs> I want one. I <laughs> Now it is time for the conversation where this week on the podcast, we are discussing the subject of church. This is kind of a difficult subject for a lot of Christians. I was reading uh, some interesting articles as I was preparing for this podcast, guys, that were talking about the changing church attendance habits, at least here in America, among Christians. And church attendance, even among self-professing Christians, is dropping in the United States, especially among millennials, people age about 18 to 35. There's more and more people who are kind of taking this approach. You may have heard some of these phrases before. Things like, I am not a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. Or I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. And I think this line of thinking is becoming more and more prevalent especially among our age group in our culture. One of the things that I think we kind of wanted to tackle on this topic is this idea of what role does church play in the life of a believer? Does scripture explicitly say that we have to attend church? Are we sinning if we don't attend church? Are we Christians if we don't attend church? Is that part of being a Christian? Are we making a mistake when we don't attend? Are there times where we might be making the right decision not to attend a church? Mm -hmm. Those are all things that I'd love for us to get to. So let's start with the question, can you be a Christian and not attend church? Mm. Oh, man. (laughs) Not sticky at all. I think that if you are a believer in the redemption that Christ brings from his death on the cross, his resurrection, you are a Christian. I think that it does fall into one of those things that could be very, very, very beneficial to your life if Mm. you were a frequent church attender. I don't think that at your death, when you're up there, Mm. God is looking at your church attendance record. Right. I think, though, it's kind of a hand in hand thing. Like if you found an opportunity to go to church and you just actively avoid it because you just don't want to do it. I think that that might require some self-examination. Right. There could be some disobedience potentially involved there. Right. When it comes to disobedience to God. But in my opinion, the question, can you still be a Christian and not attend church? I think you have to answer that question as yes. yes. If you believe in salvation by grace alone, then church attendance doesn't factor into whether or not you're saved. Absolutely. It's not a prerequisite. There are no prerequisites besides showing up and saying, I don't have what it takes. And that might be an important qualification for this. I'm assuming the three of us are in that boat of salvation by grace. alone. (laughs) I think that like all of this going forward is under that whole (laughs) qualifier. Okay. So let's move on to a slightly stickier question now. (laughs) Is it a sin for a Christian not to be attending church? Kara? <laughs> well oh, done, thanks. Isaac. <laughs> Ask that throw, one. Throw me under the bus. I feel like I'm going to say no, but then I'm second guessing that. I do know that there's a verse that says, let us not forsake meeting together. Yeah. I think that community is something that God asks us definitely to be a right. part of. He asks us to be in community with other believers. Right. That is really important. Well, it's where two or more are gathered in my name. Right. I think that there are seasons in life. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, maybe, and I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Maybe you've been through a, a traumatic experience or you're in a season of life where your family is going through a trauma, maybe, right. and you're not able to make it to church or you're working through some heavy stuff on your own with a smaller group of people, maybe a smaller, safer group of friends or community. 
that maybe you don't attend services, yeah. but you're still in some sort of community. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a sin. It's I a mean, community yeah. of believers gathered together mm-hmm. for one purpose, and that's to edify each other and to right. lift each other so, up. So, yeah, not explicitly going to a service for a season. Now, I'm not saying that should be forever, but I don't know. I guess I lean towards what you were saying earlier, Isaac. I think it's really important. I think it's beneficial. I think if there is a huge resistance there, it may be good to do some work around that and ask yeah. God, what's going on here? What's what's happening? But I'm hesitant to use the S word. I think my answer to that question of, is it a sin for a Christian not to attend church is it depends. Mm, Yeah, that's true. I think it could be Mm. and it might not be. And there's a lot of other factors <laughs> yeah. at, at play in any given situation that's, that's that true. could affect the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I mean, why am I not going to church? Like right. if the reason that I'm not going to church is because I just don't want to. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm not interested in being with other believers or building others up or being in mm-hmm. a community of right. spirituality. There may be some issues there that I yeah. need to deal yeah, with. Right. If it's just a heart thing for myself. Right. If there are other reasons I haven't found my church home yet, I'm still mm-hmm. actively looking Mm. or I've experienced some abuse in a church in my past and I'm trying to work through that and figure out what that means for me. Those are vastly different situations in my opinion. And, you know, we actually kind of talked about this during our episode with swearing recently Mm. where we were talking about it's not really our place, in my opinion, Mm. for us to sit around and judge each other and figure out exactly what constitutes a sin and what doesn't. Mm. And so I'm not sure that trying to answer that for every single situation is necessary necessarily a helpful exercise. Right. I do think it is important to acknowledge that it's possible that not attending church could be a sinful behavior. Mm -hmm. And if we're having a hard time getting ourselves to go to church, some self-examination is required Mm -hmm. and some prayer, some discussion with God on that topic is required for us to figure out what is God asking me to do right now on a personal level. I love that you're going in that direction of self-examination because God knows everything. God definitely is aware of my church attendance record, but (laughs) God also knows where I'm coming from exactly. And if I don't reach out to God to work through that, I feel like that's a little bit Mm. on me. Like Mm -hmm. if I just decide, okay, well, I'm not going to church, but I'm also not connecting with God Mm. in any other way. I think that's where it can get into kind of a messy, like sin territory. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to one final question then on this topic. Is it important for Christians in general to attend church? I would say, yeah, mostly because there's tons of scriptural mandates talking about the importance of going to church specifically, like from Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So basically Mm -hmm. the Bible is full of things saying like, Hey, it's really good if you go to church. <laughs> right. You know, you think of church back then, like it wasn't a formal <laughs> evangelical Western American thing that mm. they did. Like they met each other and they had long discussions and they had singing and it was just. They ate together. They, they did life together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the most Christianese. <laughs> I know. They did life together. <laughs> yeah. But really, like it it's can true. be so beneficial to us every day to be surrounded by like minded people. Like and that. scripture mm-hmm. talks a lot about the body of Christ. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't necessarily a verse in scripture that says, thou shalt attend church 90% of services or like something like that. But, but scripture talks a ton about the importance of the body of Christ and the diversity of Mm -hmm. Christ's body and all of the different parts playing their roles and community and church very much seems to fit into this idea of people with different strengths, different spiritual gifts coming together and creating a community of believers that would be stronger together than separated. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where I see kind of the biblical mandate, if you will, of going to church and being a part of the body of Christ. We're told in scripture that the church is Christ's bride. The body of believers is Christ's bride. A bride and a husband are one. They're inseparable, right? The Mm. two become one. And so I think it's a little bit dangerous when we pursue this idea of, well, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. Trying to separate those things Mm. gets a little bit messy because scripture tells us they're one. I was reading this week a little bit of Brant Hansen's memoir called Blessed Are the Misfits. And he has a whole chapter in here that I really love called Blessed Are the People Who Do Church Anyway. The whole chapter is about how, yeah, it's hard because Mm. given that people are aggravating and church people are people, I can expect (laughs) church people to be aggravating. But he said, here's why 
I feel like it's important. And he he had a whole list. But the one that really jumped out at me was he loves to read like me. I was talking about earlier. I'm addicted to research. And he's like, my love of books is intense. Books are so great. Is there anything that they can't do? And he said, well, yes, as it turns out, they can't love you. Mm. And love means both being for you in the nice way that we think of and supporting you. And it also means sometimes correcting you and telling you things that you don't want to hear, but ultimately getting you to a better place. Love means not leaving. Love means we're here. We're in this together. And books can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I think about that in the context of like the golden rule, right? Yeah. Someone asked Jesus, what are the most important commands Mm -hmm. that that we have? Mm -hmm. Jesus says the most important command is to love God. Now, that's something maybe we can accomplish in our own bedroom or in our own home, Mm -hmm. this vertical relationship that's between me and God. But then he says, and second to that, and and adds it on very quickly, almost (laughs) as important is loving one another. And you can't do that alone. No. It's impossible, right? You have to be part of a community to love others and to practice that part of our faith. Mm. And so I think that's something that's important to keep in mind. Mm. Let's talk quickly about, though, just because we can say, all right, so yes, we think in general, it's good to be attending (laughs) church. That's an easy thing to say. And for some people, it might be a much more difficult thing to actually do. Right. Mm. First, you got to find one (laughs) right now. Yeah. Finding one is also not necessarily the hard part, because at least here in Northwest Arkansas, we have about eight billion of them. Um, But finding one that you want to attend, that you feel called to attend. What are the criteria for Mm. choosing a church? Is it difficult to find a church home? What have your kind of experiences been in terms of trying to find a church home and finding that community where you feel like you belong? So my wife and I are actually on that road right now. We have been for a while now. We're kind of dipping our toes in a Christian tradition that we didn't grow up in, basically. We just talked about how beneficial it is to go. And like, <laughs> I'm now in the same breath going to be like, yeah, but it's hard. Yeah. 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 yeah the real. difficulty that we found is like, we didn't grow up in this tradition. So it feels like we're learning a new way to connect with God and to other people. There's difficulty in that sort of learning this new language. And then there's also, we feel like we attend regularly enough to where our absence is felt. So oh. when we miss like a couple of weeks, it's like, oh, well, we can't go back now. They know we haven't been going. Like, <laughs> and it's this terrible circular argument that we get into because hmm. I know all of these people would so much rather us just be there, yeah. even if we haven't gone for the last month. Like they would rather us just be there mm-hmm. when we can be. You know, they're not looking at the record or right. noticing right. that we haven't been there. It was actually really sweet. The last time we were there, he was like, we've missed you guys. And I'm Aww. like, dude, we've been like sporadic at best. <laughs> the fact that you're saying that is so sweet. But mm. there are some real challenges because when you're trying to find a church, you right. want to give everyone a fair Ugh. shot. But then you definitely are aware when you're not feeling it. Mm. Then there's that self-examination. Like, am I not enjoying this because it's the Lord convicting me or is it, you know, (laughs) this real, I don't connect Mm. with this place. So it's hard. I think you bring up an interesting point, which is this idea of when you're kind of evaluating your status at a given church, how do you evaluate that? I feel like there are kind of two ways that you could do this evaluation. You could do it from the lens of, am I enjoying certain aspects of this church? Do I like the worship style? Do Mm. I like the faith tradition? Do I like the worship music? Do I like the pastor? Mm. Do I like the messages? Do I like the people? Do I like the building? (laughs) Like very much starting with yourself. Or there's this other way of looking at it of like, does God want me to be here? Am I called to this place? Am I being challenged? Right. But the thing is, sometimes I think it's hard to discern which things those are because it's not just black and white like (laughs) that. That's been my experience when I'm at a church and trying to evaluate is this where I belong? That's a really hard question to answer sometimes because you're going, well, I don't necessarily identify super well maybe with the pastor and his messages, Mm. but why? Is that just a personal like flavor thing that I kind of need to get over and move past? Right. A preference. Mm -hmm. Or is there actually something deeper than that where I actually need to consider moving to somewhere Mm. different? And so I think that kind of brings up an important question, which is when you do find yourself at a church, how do you know when is the right time to stay Mm. at the church that you're at? 
And this is something that I've uh, had kind of an interesting perspective on because my wife is a college pastor and mm-hmm. before that she was a youth pastor. And so since we've been married, my wife has always been on staff at a church. Mm-hmm. And this makes things interesting when you're looking for a church, because yeah. not only do you need to find a church that you feel like is a good church home for your family, you also have to find one that has a job opening that's willing to pay you. <laughs> right. right. True. Which significantly limits your options. Right. Okay. Oh. And so when we first graduated from college, my wife was looking for a youth pastor position. We ended up at a church here in Northwest Arkansas that I think I can safely say without disparaging it, that it's not a church that we would have chosen to attend Mm. if we weren't staff members Mm -hmm. for several reasons. One, it wasn't of a faith tradition that we had been a part of ever before. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of new to us in that way. Number two, it wasn't in our actual local community that we lived in. Mm -hmm. It was about 30 minutes away. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of transplants a little bit in this church. There Mm -hmm. weren't many people that lived in our town that were attending this church. And so right away, there were several different challenges that we faced in this situation. And yet there were also some really interesting benefits, I think, that came from attending a church that we wouldn't normally have chosen for ourselves. Mm. Here at JBU, they have a motto, head, heart and hand. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that there's kind of three different components to our spiritual life that we need to pay attention to. And I've actually kind of taken this motto and applied it to church identities. In my experience, there are churches that tend to excel in different areas. Mm. So, for example, there are churches maybe that are really good head oriented churches. What I mean by that is churches that maybe have a pastor who gets really deep into the word and talks about really tough issues. And you get together in a Bible study with a group of people and you have really good philosophical and spiritual discussions theological issues that you tackle with a lot of fervor, right? That would be kind of a head church. Then you have maybe a heart church, a church that's all about building relationships and that loves each other and understands the importance of making people feel welcome when they walk in the door, Mm -hmm. right? And then maybe you have a church that's hand-oriented, churches that are very missional. They do disaster relief work. Mm -hmm. They support missionaries around the world. They are really into making sure that they're out in the community serving others. Maybe they have a a soup kitchen as a part of the church. And of course, churches do all three of these things. And every church and every individual has all three of these components that we do, but they're not always equal. Right. And I think both people and churches have natural tendencies that they veer towards. So my natural tendency, as an example, is I am a head person. I love recording podcasts. I love (laughs) sitting around and talking about issues. I don't necessarily love getting out and getting my hands dirty with them, Mm. though. I would rather just kind of sit myself, read books, learn, Mm. maybe do some discussion with others, but really occupying that headspace. Mm. So this first church that we went to was a hand church. Ah. They were all about disaster relief ministries. They would travel all over the country with a trailer whenever like a tornado hit somewhere to go help them out and hand out water and clothes and all these types of things. And that's a really good thing. But I am uncomfortable in that space. Uh, Right. Yeah. And so it was a challenge for me to get used to this different priority in church. And yet I also think it was a really good thing because I'm already really good at the head stuff. Not (laughs) not that I can't grow there anymore, but I'm going to go seek that out and get that done because that's just what I want. I was about to ask if you felt like it was beneficial to like sort of break out of your comfort zone. I think it absolutely was. If it was up to me, I would have chosen a head church because that's where I would have been happiest. Sure. But I really feel like for whatever reason, well, I know the reason it's because <laughs> I'm not good at it. And I needed help. God <laughs> said, we're going to put you in this situation because this is where you need yeah. to work on right now. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up moving to a different church later on. We ended up in a heart church oh. and that's where I'm at now. And so now I'm kind of working on this angle <laughs> just of my can't life. Win. And I just... <laughs> I think it's very ironic and also probably not a mistake that I haven't ended up in the church that I would probably pick for myself. It's very interesting. And I just think whether you have a wife that's on staff that kind of dictates where you go or not, Mm. there probably has to be a little bit of room that we have to leave open for being part of a church body that challenges us in Mm. certain ways, whether the priority is on some things that maybe we wouldn't necessarily put the priority on Mm. or maybe there are ways that you can contribute to that community with your strength. Mm. I felt that as being a head person in non-head churches, I was actually 
needed and wanted by that body to bring that strength to the table right. because there weren't a lot of other people doing that. Yeah. Right. And so I was able to say, you know what, in this church, there's a real need for someone leading a Bible study and teaching. And I was like, that's me. That's my strength. That's what I do. I can hop oh, in and do that here. That's cool. But if I was in a church where that was already the strength, yeah. right, maybe my strength would be less needed. Does yeah, that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yeah. I think you bring up some really, really good points. Attending church is not necessarily all about finding whatever is the most comfortable. Right. Sure. Right. I think we could maybe agree on that. And in some cases, being in a church body that pushes you out of your comfort zone can be a really good thing. Mm -hmm. The question is, when does it cross over from something that is uncomfortable to something that is unhealthy? Right. Yeah. And again, this is one of those distinctions that we like to draw a nice clean line down the middle mm -hmm. and say, that's unhealthy, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. In some cases, it is easy to distinguish. In others, it's less easy. Yeah. And that was something that we kind of came across with when we left this first church that we were at, mm. is we realized that for us, there were certain aspects that were becoming unhealthy. Mm. And we realized that God was calling us to move to a new place. But it took us a lot of time yeah. to make that discernment and to figure that out. It, there was a lot of prayer mm. involved, a lot of talking to a lot of wise friends trying to figure that out. Yeah. And so that brings us kind of to the last question, which is when is the right time to look for a new church? Mm. When do you make that decision where you say, you know what? I'm not sure this really is the right place for me. And it goes mm. beyond just, I don't like the worship music or, right. oh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't like the color of the carpet in the sanctuary. Yeah. Anytime I hear people talking about church and all these things, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I agree. I agree. But then I all of a sudden reach this point. There are some alarms in me that go off that go, but there are times where you do need to leave. And right. I think that's important to make that distinction because we live in a fallen world. That means that there's fallen people running some of these places. All uh, of them, all actually. Of, all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be kind there. Yeah. You know, you're right. There's fallen people in charge of these institutions. And so there's going to be times where fallen people abuse the system and right. people as a result end up in toxic situations. And yep. I found myself in one of these at a time in my life. And it's hard to describe how it messes with you <laughs> and your experience of church. I actually have done counseling around this. There's actually a book called The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse, which I highly recommend for anybody who's like, you know, if you need some help distinguishing, is this just a preference issue or right. is this this? Because that was my problem is I stayed in it for a long time because I kept telling myself, just get over yourself. You're just being selfish. Mm. And this is just, and I, I just kept reiterating, like, just get over it. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to love it. And all those things are true. But what happened was I got to a point where I realized that my picture of who God was and my relationship with him had become completely distorted. Mm. And I no longer felt safe with God even. And a toxic, unsafe faith environment can completely mess with your relationship with God. And I think that's really unfortunate, but also something we really have to acknowledge that anytime trauma happens, there's going to be triggers around that. There's going to be things that right. when you re-engage with that, it's going to be really hard to do without your whole system kind of freaking out. And for me, that turned into, it was really hard to go back to yeah. church after this, mm. because every time I would hear certain phrases or words, right. I was triggered. So something from this book about spiritual abuse that I read that was helpful was the difference between an abusive and a non-abusive system. And again, it's not all super black and white, but hurtful behaviors might happen in both systems. But in an abusive system, it's not permissible to talk about problems, hurts right. and abusives. And then there can be no healing and restoration mm, yeah. after the wound has occurred. So the victim is made to feel like. This is your fault for questioning or pointing out the problem. That's a bad environment. Yeah. I think being able to talk about it is a really, really good point. Yeah. Because yeah. as we mentioned, every church is filled up with sinful fallen people. Right. Yes. And so even the best church... Of course, you're going to run into challenges and issues and frustrations and mm -hmm. broken relationships and all of these things. Sin, it's yeah. going to be present there. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the distinction that you're making is there's a difference between a 
healthy church, right. which still has sin, still yeah. has frustration, still has problems, still isn't perfect, yep. but is one where all of those things are brought out into the light and mm-hmm. dealt with and discussed and worked through and not mm-hmm. just because they have to, but because that's encouraged. Yeah. That's part of the culture of the church is to say, we recognize we're not perfect. We know we're not perfect yes. right? and we don't embrace our imperfection, but we mm-hmm. do face it and we do that together as a group mm-hmm. versus a unhealthy or even abusive church where there's kind of this repression of all of those things. And we say, no, we don't want to deal with that. No, we don't want to talk about that. You can't bring that up here. That's a very different dynamic in terms of attitude towards sin nature. Absolutely. I think one of the things that these authors in this book that helped me said was Jesus is about lifting burdens off of people. Mm. That's what he came to do. And one of the things he challenged some of the unhealthy church leaders in his time about was you're putting burdens on people's back and making no effort to help lift them. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay with me. Right. And so that's, I think, something to keep in mind. And again, it's tricky. There's nuance. But I would say if you are feeling like you're in one of those situations, don't be afraid to go find somebody that you trust and ask some questions, because that's what I had to start doing. And it was really hard not to feel like I was a horrible, terrible human being, because that's what happens in those systems. Talk to someone, you know, say, is this normal? Is this just me? It's my preference. Or is there something else going on here? So let's get to one more thing before we wrap up here. So let's say someone has been through an experience like you've been through, Kara. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been wounded at church or you've even been abused you feel like Mm -hmm. at a church and maybe you haven't found your way back Mm. we kind of led off this discussion by saying in general attending church is probably something that we ought to be striving to do as a believer right that's something that god calls us to do is be part of a body of believers Mm. at the same time if you've been through this abuse or this wounding at church it's Mm -hmm. understandable why it's difficult to try to heal those wounds and return back to a place that has hurt you. Yeah. Not that specific place, hopefully, yeah. but even a different church, right? Absolutely. So as someone who has, I think, kind of made that transition, what would you say to people who are kind of in the middle of that? Maybe they've gone through the first part. They've been at a church where they've been wounded mm-hmm. and now they're saying, how do I get through that and past that? And how do I get mm-hmm. back to church? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And there is no formula, obviously there's no, this works for everyone. But what was super helpful for me was finding a very small inner circle of safe people who love Jesus, starting there, saying things out loud, sharing my experience, my story with them, receiving love and compassion from them first. And to be honest, there was a little time in there where I had to take a little bit of a break. I didn't completely disengage from church, but I was much less engaged. Mm -hmm. I I found a service that felt safe where I could kind of slip in the back. I know that feels like cop out to some people, but I was engaging with this smaller inner circle of safe people. I think that's the key for me. I keep coming back to safe, find some safe people. So you still found community. I still found community. It was just... Yeah. A small, safe community. Small, yeah. yes. Small, Starting small. Very and, much yeah. so. Yes, definitely start small. Here's the other thing I have been learning is that a lot of times when there's a wound in my relationship with God, I feel like I can't ask God to heal it. Mm. And I've learned that just being really honest with him about how I feel about all this is really important. And yeah. coming back to him and saying, I feel totally messed up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk to you right now. It feels dangerous. This doesn't feel safe. And I need you to heal that because right. I can't fix this on my own. So I think that's really important. Something to give you some hope, though. I love this quote from author Sarah Bessie. She said, because some of my greatest wounds have come from church, some of my greatest healing mm. has also happened there. And I think that's true for me, too. And when we say church, you know, she also says when she started reengaging with church, she figured out that all the people she loved most were the ones who were quietly doing the work of the gospel. They were the church. Right. So if you've been hurt, that's a real thing. But also there are people who are being the church who can be an essential part of your healing. It's possible. You know, it's a process, but it's possible. Now it is time for the songs that we are playing over and over again this week. It's on repeat this week, and my song for the week is We Already Won by AC Jr. and Brady James. We already won, we already won, we already won, and why you acting like we gon' lose? 
So AC Jr. and Brady James, this is an artist that I had not heard of until the last couple of weeks. Found out about these guys. AC Jr. is a guy who a couple of years ago, he was uh, making beats and stuff out of samples from other songs and uh, started making some original music as well. And then had close friends that he would ask to rap or sing over the beats that he was making because he wasn't a singer himself. And then his friend, Brady James, uh, featured on one of his tracks. People started to take some note of these two together and say, wow, you guys work really, really well together. Mm. And so now they're producing their own original songs as a duo and they just released a new single that's called We Already Won. We just started playing this song on Real FM not too long ago and I love it. It's super, super fun. <laughs> it is fun. It, it kind of combines two of my loves, which is hip hop and rap, and then also EDM and dance music, yeah. and puts them in this pot and stews them <laughs> up together. And I don't know, it, it works. It works really, it really well. And I love the lyrical content of the song as well. This idea that we already won. So why are we always acting like we're going to lose? Mm. And this so resonates with me because I think I just take this attitude about life so often where I have this kind of pessimistic view of how things are going. Mm. I call it realism, but it really is pessimism. <laughs> uh, and it's honestly what the point that the song is making is not that life isn't hard or that there aren't challenges or all of those things, but remembering the end, God is victorious. Right. And so why do we always act like he's not? And I love how they talk about this concept in the chorus of the song, specifically with the line, they say, why are you always trying so hard on all your nights like this? Basically, what they're saying is we already won but it's not because you're striving and you're trying Mm. and you're working so hard right like when we think about the idea of we act like we're going to lose it's not just about being defeatist but in some ways acting like we're going to lose is actually us striving almost too hard and putting too much pressure on ourselves to achieve what we need to achieve we're saying no God has already won which Mm. means you don't have to be pessimistic and nihilistic about things. Mm. And at the same time, you also don't have to put all the pressure on yourself to deliver the victory. Wow. God is doing that for both sets of people. And that's what I like about the message of this song. My on repeat this week is Fighter by Tree Giants. another fresh find on Real FM this week, and I am really enjoying it. I just read that Tree Giants are actually a group based in Oklahoma City, which is not too far away from us. It's pretty cool. This sound of this song is just very, it's mellow, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 80s-ish, like electronica. (laughs) That was kind of my first thought when I heard it. It was like, oh, this feels like a throwback, but in a very, very updated way as well. So it's very beautiful song, but I love it because I was actually um, laying in bed last night thinking about some things and the lyrics were coming back to me. Just the message of hold on, you're a fighter, keep fighting for your life. Just based on things that have been happening lately and, you know, news about Kate Spade. And it's a message that I think is important to remind myself of Mm. um, to come back and, you know, hold on, keep, Mm. keep fighting, keep showing up, showing up is winning. And sometimes that's what it looks like to win. Sometimes you need those songs that kind of preach at you a little bit, not not in a preachy way. I don't mean that version of the word, but like exhort you and encourage you Mm. and say like, here's who you are. Remember this. Yes. Songs that, yeah. And the lyrics come back to you in the middle of the night when you're Mm. like, what is even, it's just, it's a very catchy, song which is really helpful too the, the, you <laughs> yeah. know the chorus just kind of sticks with you so i'm i'm loving it plus their name is tree giants and <laughs> it just doesn't get better than that so. can you do no wrong <laughs> my repeat this week is get back right by lecrae So, so much of hip hop is bragging and talking about how much dollars and (laughs) bottles and ladies and models and models and models and bottles and bottles and bottles, (laughs) right? So many bottles. You know, it's getting to be a storage problem for some of these guys. Too many bottles. There should be one where he like really breaks down. He's like, I have too many bottles. I I have too many. Where do we draw the line? (laughs) 
Oh, that's awesome. I can't even fit my models in here because of all these bottles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what am I doing? Oh, no, but, but really, I love this song because Lecrae kind of takes this flexy hip hop song and then has these verses where he really does kind of give a shout out to the bottles on bottles and models on models. <laughs> but he has this line directly after that. Yeah, that don't help me when my soul want to holler. He's mm. saying like, I have this materialism that's the result of a very successful rap career, mm. but it doesn't help me at all. Like he's kind of saying like, I've been to the top and there's nothing there. Yeah, mm. He's saying like, there's this place that money and materialism can't fill all while rapping over a song that should on its surface just be like a flex song. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is the 10th track on the album. I'm just going to mm. flex for like three and a half minutes. <laughs> but then as Lecrae does, he weaves in these lyrics that are like really self-examining where he's like shining a mirror up to the hip hop world of mm. your gold chain is meaningless. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's mm. way cool to have the juxtaposition of like this very contemporary hip hop song with these lyrics of mm. guys. Yeah, it's like the anti-hip-hop message yeah. almost, like embedded in a hip-hop sound. And and like what's great is like his video that's coming out for it. I've seen previews of it and it's a very like, he's got the crew behind him, uh-huh. like everyone's <laughs> flexing, but he's bringing these really meaningful words to it, which is I think only mm. Lecrae and a few other people can actually accomplish this right? and it not be cheesy. Like he doesn't yeah. sound like Weird Al. Like this is someone... <laughs> This is someone who's very much in this world, who's invested in it, who's grown up in it. He even gives a shout out to listening to like Rick James in the car. Like right. he knows this world. He has the credibility to right. be able to say what he's saying. Yeah. Right. So when he's telling you, guys, there's more to this, you have to listen to this guy. Mm. All right. Well, that wraps up our discussion this week on going to church or not going to church (laughs) or somewhere in between. I think we landed at do what you want, right? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly the entire point. Everything is permissible. Don't, don't. There are some things that we can know. It's not that everything is so great that there's no absolutes. I think we came to the conclusion that, yes, I think God wants us to be part of a community of believers. Right. How we get there may look a little bit different for different people. Yes. And just a reminder of the value of community and friendship, a little interaction from Brooklyn Nine-Nine between Charles Boyle (laughs) and Jake. Uh, They're going through a weapons check and and, and Boyle says, is the equipment secure? Is this secure? Check, check. Did you have breakfast? Jake says, what? That's not in the checklist. Boyle, I added it because I care about you. No, no, I did not have breakfast. Unacceptable. Look in your pocket. Hey, there's little chocolate chips in this. He says, yeah, I'm not an idiot. I know how to trick my best friend into eating his fiber. That's why we need community, people. For the breakfast. for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.